This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yo, what up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Victor Cruz Show. I am here in New York City. Uh, Paul Rivera is also here. Um, yeah, he's here. Uh, tell him, right. tell him what's going on. In the, oh, in the, in the... oh, we're being so Puerto Rican right now. <laughs> we're being so poor. We're drinking Coquito at the yes, moment. Yes. Give the plug just yes, to make sure yes. we're doing Coquito this the right NYC. Way. It's the fam. The Coquito mm-hmm. company they have. The packaging's impeccable. Um, you know this show. Shout out to Gabriella. Yes, Nick. Yes, this is phenomenal. This show this week is called the Victor Cruz Victor, show. Victor, yeah, Victor, Cruz. Victor. We are so Puerto Rican in the studio so right Puerto now. Rican. And what what Pete doesn't know, or I think I may have just told him, Gabriella's on her way here with more <laughs> coquito. I'm just like Yo. explain because we have listeners all over the place. Okay, there may be some that don't know what coquito is. Coquito is a Spanish eggnog. Yes. It has rum, yes. milk. Yes. Coconut, cinnamon, Coconut, cinnamon, yes. all of the above. Have it in a glass is what I like much, to call it. Yeah, pretty much. Have it in a glass. But um, it gets you, like it gets you, like it tastes sweet and you think it's all good. And then after a glass and a half, you're yep. like, uh, the room's spinning a yep. little bit. I think I need to sit down. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely one of those drinks. Love it. It's that time of year. A lot of storylines, man. Yes. A lot of things to Get go through it. today. Get First one it. for me, obviously, as a basketball lover, mm-hmm. fan, mm-hmm. all of that, you got to go with... Cleveland against the Philadelphia wow. 76ers. Yes, the king against the, the phenom. The king against the phenom. Yeah. Real. Joel Embiid. I love that at the end when Braun, uh, I think he hit a jump shot yeah, on Joel and kind of looked at him. He just smiled. He was like. He had no yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel, yeah. newsflash, buddy. Mm-mm. You had no shot. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Even before the game started. Yeah, no, You none. had no shot, none. sir. I'll say this. I, I A couple of storylines around that. It was interesting, not surprising, but interesting how ESPN and everyone gravitated to, you know, it's Ben, the next LeBron, and they were making this real big thing out of it, and, you know, I thought they both handled it with class. I thought LeBron said, hey, you know what, like, he's the first Ben, and I am who I am, and, you know, there may be some similarities, but, you know, he's not the next anyone. Um, and Ben kind of said the same thing. It was kind of like, you know, everyone took a little snippet of what he said, but he was like, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to play ball. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to back down against anyone. I'm going to play. And what I will say is, I went to the game. All right? mm-hmm. I went to the game. Fancy. What I will. What I How'd will. How'd you get say, to the game, Pete? It doesn't matter. Tell the just, people how you got there. Did you drive? Like normal people. Did I, you caught take a, a I caught a ride. I caught you a ride. Caught a yeah. ride. <laughs> wow. Did the ride have a yeah, propeller? Yeah. Uh, it had two actually. Oh wow. Two propellers. Right. Uh, Moving right along. Maverick and I caught a caught a ride, but um. Shout out to Mav too. Yes, Mav. He was in rare form yes, this weekend. Yes, good to see was. you, man. Yeah, it's good to have him in the city. You know, always, always. Um, you know. It was palpable the energy mm-hmm. in in Philly. I'd been to games, you know, the last two years actually a couple times, and the energy it almost felt like a playoff game. Like mm-hmm. the energy was really people are really excited. They there. were waiting. You could yes. tell every basket, yes. every move. Oh, you could see the crowd waiting on the edge of their seats for something to pop off. Yeah, you and know? there's one thing you know you've played in Philly. Philly fans don't give a shit about anything. Uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. You know, so they're into the game from before the tip off. Um, 
uh, it was just great energy in the building. Like I said, um, I went to the game and I thought the game, um, I thought the game ended how I thought it ended in the beginning. Right, 100%. I thought you know there'd be a lot of excitement. I thought LeBron being LeBron, I knew he was going to come out like the Rottweiler that he is and establish himself early. I think he had nine first nine points for Cleveland. Yeah, like the first thirteen. Yeah, like he had fifteen in, in the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing, man. In his fifteenth season, it looks so easy, man. It's very easy for him. It looks because so when easy. you think about how he plays, he does he doesn't overexert himself in the first half of the game. Like nope. okay, fast breaks, things like that. But he's not. He's facilitating, finding people, taking his time. That's how he preserves his body and gets everybody involved at the same time throughout the course of the game. Our our good friend, and we'll get back to the Philly game in one second, our good friend Jim Ice, mm-hmm. okay, he sent me a stat yesterday, actually. Shout out to Ice just being an almanac on top of just being yes. the illest. Yes, being a good dude. He sent me a stat yesterday. I'm trying to find it on my phone. And it had to do with LeBron's career stats okay, versus... His stats this year, this season so far. Okay. And. Comparable? He's actually averaging more points, more assists, more rebounds, more blocks in his 15th year. Are you kidding me? his career numbers. Then it's a career number? Yeah, he's averaging, he's averaging 15. No, he's averaging more points, more scoring, more points than he has since his 2009, 2010 season. That's crazy. And when you think about it, you think about LeBron's prime years, everyone thinks of Miami. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Miami, that second year in Miami, he's top of his game, shooting at such a high efficiency rate. It's it's insane to see him, you know, at the level he's playing at. So I say all that to say that, you know, seeing him in Philly, seeing him playing against, against uh, Ben Simmons, who I think we all agree is going to be special, you know? Agreed. Seeing him. He's got all the tools. Yes. Seeing him unselfish, high basketball IQ. The one thing that was shocking to me, um, Seeing Embiid play up close, because one time I went to Philly, he was hurt. Seeing him play up close, that kid is, is first of all, massive. He's a huge okay? kid. Okay, he was making pros look really like like high school children. I saw when he was dribbling the ball up court one mm-hmm. time, and Swish was like guarding him in transition, mm-hmm. and he kind of gave Swish a little nudge. No, he tries to hit you with it, too. He tries to yeah. hit you with a little, like, yes, yes, yes. And, like, Swish was like, oh, like, you know, he was. you could tell he was... Taken aback by the strength of this kid. You yes. Know? No. I'm, I, look, you know, I've met the people. I spent some time with the the people that run the organization. Great group of guys over mm-hmm. there. Um, they have something special brewing in Philly. You know, and I think uh, I've always said in sports, you either want to be really, really good, or really, really bad, or really, really young. You don't want to be in the middle. And I think they've been really, really bad for a couple of years. And now they're really, really. But it's young. been because they were really, really young, yeah. right? And now. You know, although they have growing pains like they did last night, you'll see, you'll see it start to pay off. They have, you know, maybe the most exciting. I think, I think, uh, advanced stats had it. They pay at the fastest. They play at the fastest pace in the NBA. You automatically go to Golden State. Yep. They play at the fastest pace in the NBA. They're exciting to watch. So um, they've crazy. quickly become one of my favorite teams. And they, lo- they, you know, their number one pick got injured. Yes, he's not even playing. He's not even playing. Yes, yes, that's insane. So. You know, speaking of matchups, speaking of, you know, LeBron and, and Ben, and another thing I thought it was okay. funny, I actually posted something on my social media. Those guys are great friends. Those guys are like big brother, little brother. 100%. So everything the media is trying to make out of it, like, you know, that's like mentor, mentee, um, and all fam, part of the Clutch fam. 
Um, speaking of of matchups and speaking of battles and speaking of people going at each other, there was another matchup that took place in New York City this okay. past week. I'm not sure if you were paying attention. I'm, my ears always to the streets, but musically, you got to be talking Cam Cam Mace, <laughs> fam. Mace was Mace was irate to say the least. Mace dusted that mic off, and um. He went at Cam's neck. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fire. I don't know what you thought about it. I don't think fire. It, right? I thought fire. it was flames. Fire. And anytime you you have you you anytime you come with a fire track, but you're also spitting facts. Look, whether we know them to be or not, exactly. Facts. Exactly. But facts. You're spitting facts, it takes it to another level. Yep. And he was out there hurling some allegations that you kind of can't walk back from. Yeah, you know and what I'm saying. It, it was a lot of things that he was that, that he was saying or or has said. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, they're really not going to be friends after. Mm-hmm. Like this, ain't, ain't no coming back from this. Like he was saying some, you know how like sometimes you hear a diss track, and you know it's music. Exactly. You're like, okay. which I love too. Like, I love that's that great. Too. No, listen, I love. I prefer that. Yeah, I, I prefer, prefer that. that. Yeah, right, yeah, grown men with families, bills to pay. Yeah, it ain't. You know, come on, we're being fools if if it spills over into the street, right? Mm-hmm. But there's those districts you hear, um, you hear on record, and you're like, okay, like it's funny, or they went at each other, whatever, whatever. Um, and then there's other districts that you hear, like, oh, these guys are gonna have a problem if and when they see each 1, other. One thousand percent. Like this is, you know, uh, there's things that are beyond repairable or beyond a conversation. For example, if Beanie Siegel says something about you in a rap or in word form, yes, in a negative fashion, yes. It's gonna be the same energy when he sees you. No, as it's well. a warning shot. You when feel Beans me? is talking about exactly, you, it's a warning exactly. shot. Exactly. So I think um, when I heard the Mace track, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, these dudes might have a problem." You know, I might have a problem. And when and it I didn't take to, long, the first thirty seconds of the song, you're like, "Uh oh." Yes. Yes. Right <laughs> to the neck. Uh oh. And you don't you don't expect that from Mace. Mace is like, you know, let's party Ooh, the chicks. Yeah. You know, M A Dollar Sign. You know what I'm saying? Your girl ain't gotta like me. You know, like that's it. That's it. So, you know, I thought that was wild. And then Cam came back. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm a huge Cam fan, huge Dipset fan. You can't be from, you know, the New York I think area. Cam came back. He came back. I, I, listen, there's one thing about Cam. Cam's gonna be witty. Cam's gonna come back at you. Cam funny. And Cam's got time. Plenty. You Plenty. draw. You hit Cam with seven diss tracks. He's coming back with eight. One hundred percent. Has time all day. So what I thought was cool about it, I don't know if you saw this. Actually, it may have been you that showed me. Was in the comments. May said, you know, I still love you, or you're still my brother. I didn't or something like, like that. You didn't, you didn't like that. I didn't like that. Why didn't you like it? Talk to me. Because you can't say that type of blasphemous things mm-hmm. about your brother, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. And then go in a tweet or a comment and like rescind it all, or just try to blame it on sport or blame it on. Come on, man. Okay. That, that ain't the. At least if it's gonna be like that, let the the battles gotta linger for a, more okay. than twenty four hours. Wasn't even twenty four hours yet. I I ag- I get where you're going with it, and I agree with you. You know, it just makes everything they're saying not credible because it's like, are you just doing this to spike up followers or like? You, you know what I'm saying? You know what's you know what's my one answer to that? What's that? Mace ain't want no smoke. You think so? Mace ain't want that smoke. Get out of here. Nah, that's the only reason you go and you apologize from the door. Mace ain't want the smoke. But Mace just came out with four minutes of yep. fury yep. on this man. Yep, and then realized- And then you back out? And then realized you actually got to walk outside the studio. <laughs> and realized you actually want to visit family in New York. Was it something Cam said that has you like, that he can't walk out the same? I, I, I'm j- All I'm saying is, there are times when you feel brave in the studio- 
and then you realize there's real life outside the studio, you might have to change your heart. Listen, Mace, if you're tuned into the Victor Cruz show, <laughs> if you're tuned into the Victor Cruz show, when you battle somebody, let it flow. Let Know what you're getting yourself into. I don't know what the reason is for the comment or the tweet or the text or the whatever. Just if you're going to battle, just stick it all the way through, my G. Speaking of taking something all the way through, pause. Pause. There was a religious experience that took place in Brooklyn this week. Absolutely. Preach on it. Um, Listen, we've been fortunate enough to go to some of the most amazing concerts by some of the most amazing artists all time. I can't wait to dive into this topic right here. And some of the most amazing venues. I, I've seen Washington in Paris. Like facts. You know, I like we've we've been you've been, you've seen I've seen Hogan fashion Carnegie you see, Hall. Yeah, like come on, like, like, like we've seen White it. Tux. White Tux is when he Ooh. came out in the in the Lex, the Lex bubble. Yeah. You know, so we've seen epic things that people will talk about for years to come. Jay Z was recently in Brooklyn, uh at uh, Barclays for two shows, correct? Two shows yes, for his 444 four, four tour. Um, I'm going to keep it a buck right now. I've been one of those guys that's like, I've seen Jay perform 30 times. I don't know if I want to see him perform 31 times. But, I feel a buck coming. But, the show, there's something about Hove in Brooklyn, his backyard, um, Sold out crowd, his hometown. Um, it was an epic show. I can't front on it. It wasn't a perfect. Epic. It wasn't a perfect show. It was an epic show. What were your thoughts on it, Vic? It was one of the best shows, rap shows that Hove has performed, in my opinion, in a long time. Okay. For him to be in that intimate setting and right in the middle of the entire thing, where everyone could see him. Equally, nobody in the back is like, is that hove up there? Mm -hmm. You can see him balanced throughout the entire arena. Mm -hmm. He has hits, fam. (laughs) You hear me? Hits. And I commend him for paying whatever extra money to put them speakers into that place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you could feel the music in your soul and that that changes things at a concert. Well, there's a couple of things you just said which, which pretty much sum up the experience for me was you said an intimate experience. He did a show at Barclays. There's nothing intimate about Barclays, but that's how he made he it feel. He made it feel intimate. Right? He made it feel like that where at one moment I looked around the entire arena and there was people, grown-ass thug dudes with do-rags, Tims, and jeans hanging off their ass singing every word with their eyes closed like it was just the him and Hove in the arena. The other thing is, if you've been fortunate enough to see it or you see it on social media, the stage he has is a unique stage where it's very there's no front or back to the stage or sides. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a round stage, so you know you have a great vantage point of him. Um, I would go out on a limb and say there is probably only five artists, dead or alive, mm-hmm. that could man that type of stage for two hours. No backup dancers, Mm-mm. no visible band, Mm-mm. no guest appearances, just them. Um, I think he may be the only one. I, I, and I would agree. And I'm talking like Prince with a guitar, Adele with a mic. Everyone. And like Michael Jackson like with a glove. That's crazy. And it's true. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, he's a legend, man. And, and, and for us to you know acknowledge that and still be here and him still be in the presence to still give us music and still perform and still do all those things when he doesn't have to, mm-hmm. you know? Well, one of the things he said on, on, a, on a 
different podcast. He said on uh, you know, when he was talking to Elliot and B Dot, shout out to them dudes, um, at Rap Radar. He said, "You guys should want me to go far because the further I go." the more I'm extending yeah. the runway for other artists to do this longer, right? Because up to this point, that's been a like, if you over 27, you're washed. You know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, like, in other genres, Bruce Springsteen's touring. Bruce Springsteen's like 400 years old. Bruce Springsteen. Selling out stadiums. I don't know how he's still doing this. Selling out stadiums. And mind you, he's by himself. He's no, one of those guys that can do it by abso- himself. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Give it up. Uh, it's your boy, Nate B. I like this. And I'm going to break it down for you. All right, people, we are back on the Victor Cruz show with my man, Paul Rivera, and we got my guy, Nate Burleson, on the show. What's going on, Nate? Talk to the people, man. I'm cooling, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I've been waiting. I've been waiting on this call. Like, yeah, man. You know, you get the call. I'm finally with y'all talking some football. There we go. Let's do it. Yo, so so for the people that don't know, t- give 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 everybody your journey, how you came into the league and, you know, your 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 career in the league, playing with guys like Randy Moss and guys like Calvin Johnson. Like tell us how you how you got to this point. Yeah, I graduated in 99 from high school and then I went to Nevada Reno. I played three sports, so I guess you could say you know I was somewhat overlooked. But uh, I went up there and put up some crazy numbers. I left my junior year, got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in '03. Played with Randy Moss, like you said, for a couple years, uh, and then I went to Seattle and I played four years with the Seattle Seahawks, where I'm originally from, which was heaven. And then I played my last four years in Detroit, where I played next to Calvin Johnson. So over the course of my career, you know, I've had opportunities to be the number one wide receiver, been the number two, number three. I mean, even in situations, you know, coming off the bench and just basically being the guy that, that gave the starters rest. So I've seen it all. I've seen the game from every single perspective. And after the game was done with me and I was done with it, uh, I was able to move on. The NFL Network gave me an opportunity. I worked in L.A. for a couple of years, and then they gave me a chance to host the Good Morning Football show here in uh, New York. So moved my family, uprooted did that for a whole year, and then CBS said, you know what, we got a spot on Sundays, Bart Scott and Tony Gonzalez, um, they weren't coming back, so I auditioned for it, and now I'm working six days a week in, in New York, which is crazy because I would have never thought I'd be living out here, let alone <laughs> on two major networks talking football. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Nate, question for you, man. How How soon did you know Randy was special? I was immediately, you know, it's funny because when I was at Nevada, 
I used to watch his highlight tape. I used to watch him at Marshall, just hurting over dudes. And it was almost like he was a folk legend. And, you know, when I got drafted there, I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm playing with this superstar, this megastar. And it really took me forever to, like, muster up courage to just go and say what's up to him. And I remember one specific practice, I just got done seeing a Jermaine Dupree video. He was rocking a, a, um, a Randy Moss jersey from when he was in Marshall. And I was like, this is my perfect, like, icebreaker. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that, too. Yeah. I remember that. I was like, yo, I'm about to go say something to him. And I, we were conditioning. And I was like, uh, uh, like, like uh, literally like a, a, a boy afraid to go talk to the cute girl at lunchtime. I was like, uh, uh, Randy, did you, see, uh, you see your jersey in the video? And he looked at me. And then he just kept running. And I'm like, damn. I <laughs> he didn't say it. anything? Like, he didn't say nothing. I was like, I'm never going to be a friend. I blew it. Um, but, you know, it was crazy, though, like looking back and having a conversation with him as a grown man and then kind of earning his respect and then really his love as a, a player. You know, once I started balling, he said something that always stuck with me. He was like, look, this league, um, you can't get too attached to guys because they come and go. Mm. And half the time, these dudes are in it for the wrong reasons anyway. He said, you know, I, I don't come in and embrace every single dude because these guys don't approach the game like I approach. They don't love the game like I love it. They don't give to the game like I give to the game. Exactly. But when he realized I was one of the real ones and I was there to put in work, that's when I really got to see the real Randy Moss. When speak, people speak about him, I'm like, man, y'all don't know the real Randy. Y'all know the stories, but y'all know the real Randy. Exactly. I, I love it. Along that line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little off track here. Vic. Vic. You played with another great, right? He's young in his career, but mm -hmm. Odell, like how soon did you know Odell had the potential to be special? It was funny because I knew uh, I knew the first practice. So he came in and he like hurt his hammy or something. So he was down for a little bit and he was on the side. Kind it, was of his hair blonde at the time? His hair was blonde. Okay. It wasn't as That's long. one strike. It's it wasn't one strike <laughs> already. Rookie, blonde hair, strike one. You know the first thing? So when we drafted him, right? And I, went, I ended up going to the draft party where he was at. And first thing I said to him, I was like, yo, you... You know, you know we're going to cut that off, right? <laughs> uh, he started laughing. He laughed, and then he looked, because he didn't really know me yet uh -huh. then. Uh -huh. But he laughed, and then he looked like, oh, he might be serious. <laughs> so, But I knew once he practiced, it was the first practice that he was, like, eligible, came back, practiced, and he ran a post. And he must have, I don't even know who was guarding him or covering him, but he must have burnt that dude by, like, 20 yards and caught the post. He caught the post about 70 yards away, in the back of the end zone, and he was still. He could have ran into the building, into the mm. meeting room, if he want. Like that's how fast he was going. And you knew then, like okay. I was like, yep, yep, he's uh, he's the real deal. You know what I mean? That's how you knew. So, and the funny thing is, just like myself, just like Odell, we're not big receivers. Mm. Like we're small dudes mm. that just get it done. We mm. find our way. I used to find my way in the slot. You know, Odell finds his way pretty much everywhere on the field. Mm -hmm. um, so, Nate, how how was it? Were there any challenges for you being a, a smaller, not not a big, I wouldn't call you a small receiver, but not being a big receiver? Because you know how that's such a thing that's, you know, regarded and mm -hmm. rewarded in the NFL. Did you have your troubles coming up in the league with that? I definitely did. You know, I, I, one thing I, I did pride myself on was um, being able to run routes and going and getting that ball. So when I left, I had the highest vertical that year at the combine with 42 and a half. So talk your shit, Nate. Talk your shit, Nate. Yeah, I got them giddy ups, man. And, yeah. you know, and here's the thing, like, you know, you know how it is, Vic. Like, the, the league goes in waves, and it's a copycat league. You know, one moment everybody's looking for Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, and then the next moment they're looking for Tyreek Hill. So, understanding your skill set. Mm. 
and really being in the right place, uh, it really doesn't matter, you know, how tall you are, how big you are. Uh, if you got the, the basics, which is, you know, good speed and you can run routes, like that will always prevail in the league. And I, I love the fact that, you know, you can have a guy 6'5". You know, you have a big Mike Evans frame. Um, or you could turn around and have a, a, a speedster like Tyreek Hill, and those two guys can be just as dominant in the game today. And it's really preference. Like it's, it really depends on what fits your system and how the coaches see the players. It's like everybody's talking about Mason and Cameron. It's preference. Me, I, I think Mason cooked them, but you know that's just me. We just talked about it too, is. Nate. And you're absolutely correct, sir. Mace cooked this man, and I didn't like how Mace at the end talking about you still my brother. We can still do this. Like no. You can't say these things about a man and then less than 24 hours say you're my brother but if you yeah. still want to be cool. We cool? No, fam. It's a rap. You can't do that. You cannot. That's like, that's like when Sean Kemp dunked on Chris Gaffney. And he gave him dap. Yeah, that can't happen, Nate. Come on. Facts. Hey, let me ask both of you guys. As y'all say in New York, facts. Exactly. Facts. Super facts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask both of you guys this, Nate. I'll ask you first. Um, when you think of your playing careers and, and you know, and... and and great games, and, you know, there's always comes to mind, like, great matchups. Who was that defensive back, if there was any, that you circled on the, on the, on the schedule and were like, okay, I'm going to have to bring my lunch today, or I know we're going to war today? Was there anybody when you played that, that held that position for you? Yeah, yeah, there were a few guys. Um, this is my guy, Marcus Trufant, in Seattle. He was a beast, and people don't really know about him. They know more, actually, about his little brother, Desmond Trufant, who's playing mm -hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons right now. Mm -hmm. But he was always one of those guys that can get in and out of the breaks. He was always on top of every route I ran. D'Angelo Hall, when he first got in the league. He, he was, was something so special fast. when he first came and into he, the league, man. Yeah, and, and, and he had such a long stride length. I remember doing the Allen Iverson charity softball game, and my man stole – from first to second, and I swear it looked like he took two steps. <laughs> this dude is so fast. And then the guys that came before them two that were absolutely legendary, Charles Wilson and Champ Bailey. Of and course. me being a fan yeah. of the game, and we're talking about my height. You know, I'm, I'm six foot one, and I, I remember lining up, and Champ Bailey, he pops out on me. And I'm thinking to myself, why is he so damn big? This dude looked like <laughs> did he grow? Like he was six two. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it didn't look like that on the scout report. And then of course Charles Woodson, he just played every position. So mm -hmm. you see him at linebacker, safety, corner. He's in the slot. He's blitzing. I mean, those are the toughest ones. And big knows like when you're a receiver that can block and you're in the slot, like you're not just responsible for route running. Like they put you in there to block them dogs. And mm -hmm. as soon as you know, that dude gets past you and he comes on that nickel blitz. Everybody looking at you like, why'd you let him go? I'm like, man, you're old favor. I didn't let him go. He ran me over. By the way, that like, nickel that blitz. Right was Nate, that nickel blitz, you know, that might be the hardest blitz to pick up in the entire book of blocking. Because you, like, you can't you cue it. It's right off your nose. It's going inside yeah. you and you're already, your other foot's probably already up. Like, it's just... It's just no way yeah. to get to that man, man. It's crazy. You ain't, you ain't lying. I remember another, another guy. And it, I caught him at the end of his career, but it was the legendary Deion Sanders. He's playing oh Baltimore God. at the time. Remember when he came out? Oh, right when he played nickel, when he played dime, yeah. the dime package for Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. So I remember being in the slot, and Deion comes out. Oh and boy! Here I am. Like I only got giddy a few times in my career. It was like playing with Randy, seeing Michael Vick in person for the first time, and then seeing Deion Sanders. You know, I didn't see 37-year-old Baltimore Prime. I saw 
you know, the 49ers prime, Dallas Cowboys prime, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons That's prime. what you're looking so at, in my yeah. head, I'm thinking, all right, because I had a bubble screen. So I'm thinking, all right, how do I ask him for his shoes without sounding like a super stand right now? <laughs> and then I was like, all right, listen. I, what I was going to say was, Yo, Prime, if I catch this, can I get your cleats? And I was like, that don't really sound right. Like, this dude don't know me. Yeah, <laughs> so then I got, So then I just caught the ball and he tackled me. And I remember thinking, I don't know, now that I think back, it was kind of weak. I remember thinking, oh, I just got tackled by the ball. It's like, really? I shouldn't have even been on that. I should have been out there trying to dog him. But was it was memory. prime, man. It was it's prime. Too, so you that's pass. too much to overcome you sometimes, man. That's overwhelming. <laughs> Vic, do you have a DB you played against that you were like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously, there were a few. Coming in, it was like Darrell Revis was the guy. Okay. And I went up against him, obviously, playing for the Jets. We played them every year in the preseason. And, you know, throughout my career, we played him a couple times in the regular season as well. Um, but he was definitely one. Obviously, Patrick Peterson, we lined up against, against each other a couple times. And he's just the best dude because no matter what happens, no matter if you beat him, he beats you. It's that respect at the end of the game with Pat P that you just understand, yeah. like, we're going to be cool. We're going to be boys between these lines. We're going to get it in. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be friends when it's all said and done, too. And I, and I love that. And one guy, obviously, that um, when I played him early in his career, he played safety. A lot of people probably don't even know this, really. He played safety and then moved to corner later. Um, and that's Richard Sherman. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Richard Sherman, I mean, you could see it when he played safety and he would come and step down on tight ends or nickels and things like that. He was uh, he was pretty explosive and, and he was just smart. Richard Sherman is not the fastest dude, although he can run, mm-hmm. but he's a smart dude. He knows route combinations. Yep. He sees things happening. He knows you ran that slant twice, so that slant go is coming at any point in time. Like he knows yep. those things are happening. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Let, let me ask you guys both as as wideouts and and being in the seats you sit in now. Jalen Ramsey special, special, yeah, special. Definitely, he yeah. just got to get you know, out of his own way sometimes. Like, he rubs people the wrong way, mm-hmm. uh, but just like the WWE, they always bring in this young talent, and they call him the legend killer, and they, they stack him up against these OGs, and everybody gets all offended, right, because he's beating these legends up in the ring. Got to get this young dude credit, man. Like, he's been going up against older dudes. Even last year, I had some beef with one of my boys, Keith Smith Sr., and, you know, just recently came off a game where, he, you know, he put the clamps on Larry Legend, Fitzgerald, and he's been doing that. And it's not just him. That's the crazy part. He's backed up by Boyer. He got Telvin Smith. They got, got some guys on that defense, man. Like that whole Jaguar defense mm-hmm. is bananas. Yeah, it is. But uh, I want to get into some some current events with you, Nate. You ready for a couple current look, couple current yeah, of course, topics? Man, let's do it. All right, the Giants. Uh-oh. Uh oh. They just went out, and I'm sure you heard this as you are. A, uh, a, a an esteemed member of the NFL Today uh, family. The Giants yep. have just announced Geno Smith is starting uh, this upcoming week. What are your initial thoughts as you hear that and as you go through the you know go through the week? I hear that Sam Cook song playing in my head. <laughs> Change gonna come. <laughs> Listen, all good things come to an end, and I hate to say it like that. And you know, here's the thing: over the next week or so, people are going to be speculating, what does this mean? Are they moving on from Eli? Um, you know, this game is very unforgiving, and it'll turn their back on you so fast. People are going to forget so fast. everything that Eli brought to this team. They're going to forget about the championships. They're going to forget about the bloody face and him playing through injuries. They're going to forget about every single time he stepped up on that podium and he didn't deflect not one bit when he could have blamed so many other situations, mm-hmm. things, players, coaches. They're going to forget all that. They're just going to have recency bias and think to themselves, you know what, we got to move on. 
this whole season's been a wash. We're terrible. We need something different. Especially in New York, man. You know how that be goes. Care- especially, you're right. Especially in New York. Just be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love Gino. I hope Gino plays well. But, you know, they were also talking about the young quarterback, uh, Webb, was going to get some work, too. But, you know, when you call for something, it's not always the right thing. I'll go back to as recent as a couple weeks ago when the Buffalo Bills said, we're benching Tyrod Taylor. We just need something different. We got to shake it up. We got this young guy that was playing good in the preseason. We're going to put Nathan Peterman in. Everybody's like, yeah, all right, we're the wild card spot. This will be amazing. Dude goes out there, those five picks. He was overwhelmed. Nothing against Nathan Peterman. He just wasn't ready, and the team didn't perform well around him. Tyrod comes back in this past game. They win. Surprise, surprise. So you got to consider everything that happened this year surrounding the team. Him not having the talent around him. Guys being injured and banged up. Inconsistency from top. I'm talking about all the way with McAdoo down. Eli's been dealing with a lot. So I don't know if this is the last we'll see of him in a Giants jersey, but change is going to come. And if you know anything about the Mannings, just like his brother, if he feels like he can go play in another jersey, he's going to do that. And most likely, he's probably going to play well. I agree. I think what startles me with this thing, right, is that there's a specific streak that Eli has going right now, right? And for them, and and for those of you that don't know, that's the streak of consecutive starts. He's got like some crazy number. 200. 200-something crazy, uh, which is impressive on its own. And I believe I don't know where he ranks. He might be the leader in that category right now, or whatever the case may be. But For the fact players, that I believe so, yeah. The fact that they're willing to just cut that short, not because he's hurt, mm-hmm. not because of that, tells you something. But it's to Nate's point. Yep. It's like, what have you done for me lately, man? Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a very. Uh, and again, it's not his fault. You have four receivers right. go down one week. Sterling hasn't been the same. He's dealing with concussions and stuff like that afterwards, or whatever the case may be. Like. O-line challenges. O-line challenges. Yep. No running back presence was better but not great this year. It's just all these things that kind of worked against Eli, and it's tough that, you know, certain things just didn't go his way this year. And here we are with Geno Smith starting in, in uh, you know, week 13, I think this is. Right? You know, it's, it's so funny, man. Like, I love I love music. Like, that. it kind of rules my, rules my world. And uh, I felt like, like with football, if you're not good, um, and your team's not good, like they're quick to forget about the history. And if you almost if you, if you disappear off the map and you're not there for a while, they're like they forget what you brought to the mm-hmm. table. Similar to when Nelly took a break. Remember when Nelly took a break and then he tried to come back and everybody's clowning Nelly like, oh no, nah, you, you're not really that dude anymore. But you forget, like Nelly was doing it for mm-hmm. a long time was the king. And then Flo Rider came in. He kind of took that lane. Yo, he Flo Rider took Nelly's whole <laughs> lane, didn't he? <laughs> he Damn took that whole did. lane. So, like, that's the same thing with football. Like, if your team isn't good and you disappear for a while or your stats aren't there for a while, like, we haven't been talking about the Giants. We yeah. haven't been talking about them offensively. We haven't been talking about Eli. So, like, all of a sudden we're going to forget that, man, he was top of the charts. My man got jewelry in the jewelry box 100%. that a lot of guys crave, and that's championships. And he's been starting. He's like Mr. Durable on this squad. Yep. But we're just quick to disregard what he brought to the table. That's crazy. Crazy. Last last hot topic for you. It also just got announced. Michael Crabtree and Aqib Tlaib are both serving two-game suspensions for their incident. Why, why Crabtree can't just leave his chains in the locker room, Nate? I don't understand. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. You listen, know who you're you going know. up against. Listen, okay, okay. But listen, you know Crabtree – he wasn't going to leave that damn chain in the locker room. Because his, his ego won't let him. His ego won't let him. 
nobody was going to let him. Like, he heard, he heard about that last year. He heard about it all offseason. For and then he a whole year. The, yeah, and he missed the game earlier this year. So everybody's like, oh, word, you hurt. Oh, you, you uh, conveniently hurt up against the Broncos. So he had to hear about it. And here's the thing. I don't even believe Crabtree was trying to fight in that moment. He was really just trying to dog him. He was trying to pancake him and really just embarrass him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Vic, you know, like sometimes you get hot and you're like, okay, this young dude talking crazy or this old dude talking crazy. And as yep. receivers, we got one or two options. We're either going to cut your legs, which we know DBs hate, or we're going to dump you. And if you dump a guy, that's even worse than cutting his leg because it's almost like I'm big boying you. You yep. know, I can whisper in your ear, go get in the weight room. That's going to look bad on film. <laughs> Facts. Now, that's what he was trying to do. But in that moment, I got to give a key to lead credit. It was a slick move. He stuck that right hand in there. It's like, oh, you trying to dump me? He really did. Snatched his Nate, chain the off. The best part is, Nate, it comes out later that Crabtree taped his chain down to his chest before the game. <laughs> what? Like, and he like still a, uh, took it. Like, like a like a FBI uh, snitch. Yeah, like a like yeah, like he wore a wire. <laughs> like Dave Chappelle, uh, half baked. That's crazy. Hey, I will say this, man. The old saying, man, it, it it can be used in a lot of different facets of life, man. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Fool me twice. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting my chain snatched twice, dog. No shot. No, there's no okay, shot. Anyway, listen, I, there's I, no, I, and, I, and that doesn't mean I'm a tough guy. It may mean I'm not right. wearing my chain on the block But here's the thing time. also, P. Here's the thing also. You take my chain a second time, it's on site every time I see you. <laughs> on like, site? It's on site. And they're both from Texas, Nate. They're both from the same surrounding area in Texas, bro. Wow. That's, that's the crazy part. And the thing is, that fight was so vicious. It's still, I feel like it's still going to be on site unless they... They squashed Somebody got to sit. I don't know if it's Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if it's somebody older. I don't know if it's somebody from Texas. Somebody got to sit them down, bro. Because this is getting. They got to because that blow that that Akeem tried to hit Crabtree with, like if that would have connected, that would have been messy. Like we ain't ain't seen a connection like that in a minute. Since Andre Andre Johnson, right? But here's the thing. I tried to say this on TV and I wasn't trying to like go extra hood on an urban, but you know, I'm from Seattle and like. From where all the black people at in Seattle, and certain things you know, kind of growing up, you know, in the hood, I guess you could say is like there's blatant like actions of disrespect. That it's not about the action. Like if somebody like purposely steps on a brand new pair of Jordans, yep. people are like, oh, this is another black dude talking about his Jordan. It's not about the Jordan. Oh, why is he tripping about the chain? It's not about. It's the not chain. about the chain at it, all. It's it, 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 listen. It's just like if a dude you was walking with your girl. And a dude purposely grabs your girl's hand, like, hey, hey, mom, let me holler at you, while you walking with her. Like, yep. it's not about the action. Like, yeah, you can walk it off, but it's just a simple fact you're disrespecting me. Exactly. So the sign of disrespect from one man to another, and that's why Keith Lee did it. Like, it was strategic. Like, I'm going to show everybody how soft you are mm-hmm. by popping a chain off your neck again. And I think that's what infuriated Crabtree. But, man, you know, I, I try not to laugh at it and have fun because, you know, the league doesn't want us to highlight and promote that stuff. But, you know, it happens, man. Guys get passionate. You just hope it doesn't spill over that way. Because, you know, like, it could have easily been one of those things where they got into a scuffle and they just whispered to each other, yo, I'll meet you at the bus. We can handle it like grown men. We can handle that it for real. Plenty of times. When, well, but here's the thing. That happens more times than not. It really like, does. We've seen guys wash up real quick with the bird bath and the, and the wet wipes. Like, nah, I don't even take a full shower. I'm, I'm going to go, go see him. Yeah, I'm going to go see him. <laughs> and the crazy right, thing is the, nine times out of ten, by the time you go out there to see him, you ain't even that yep. mad no more. Back. You know what I'm saying? That's I'm not it. even that angry. That's it right there. But it's That's crazy, it. man. Nate, before we let you go, I got two quick ones for you. First, I need two things I need from you. First is your favorite NBA baller from Seattle. 
Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Cause they, I'm, going with, uh, I'm going with Gary Payton. Gary Payton Ooh, the glove. Yeah, um, you know, I, I learned the art of trash talk from GP. That's like Uncle GP in Seattle. You know, I could go the rain in, but me being a point guard and then in high school, you know, I was a dog on defense. They used to call me uh, Baby Glove, and they used to okay. hold up that mitten when I would get my steal. So I'm going GP. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. I'm a Jamal Crawford guy myself. Ooh, How about you, JC? P? I'm going to go Rain yeah. Man. man. You're going to go Rain Man? You want to okay. talk about disrespect? Yeah. You put a helmet on a dude and then dap him up, and he just nod and be like, you got that? Rain Man. Yeah. Got to go Rain Man. Hold 1,000%. That. And last but not least, as you said, we love music on the show. We just went to the... Have you gone to the to the Jay-Z concert, Nate? I was there last night. See, I know it. I know it. Yo, incredible show or what? Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible show. Incredible show, man. man. Like, Jay-Z is so talented. It's so long ago, man. I remember Jay-Z summer after summer just telling everybody, I'm going to hold you down. You know what's crazy? He said he was Thomas, but I was listening to his music yesterday, and everything that he was speaking, it was almost prophetic. And I don't want to sound blasphemous because I grew up in a Christian household, mm -hmm. but Jay-Z is scripture. If hip-hop had a Bible, um, Jay-Z is exactly who he say he is. Like, he's hope, and the things that he has said, they will remain constant. Like, you can't go back to everybody else's lyrics at the beginning of their career and pull them out For and real. place them in space in 2017 because it won't be relevant. Like that, that's that's something that doesn't even happen in fashion or in cars and jewelry. Like not not everything remains Thomas and the guy's words will forever be. Exactly. Thomas. I agree. And that was that was very well said too. And last but not least, before we let you go, we need your top five rappers of all time, dead or alive. All right, dead or alive. Uh let, let's go. Actually, Nate, let's go top five out right now. Exclude the exclude the dead, exclude Biggie and Pop. Right. Let's go top five right now. Okay, cool, because I was going to make people mad when I had Biggie at four. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, God. No, nah, it's just because his Ooh. body Oh, work. God, Nate, you know, we, we were doing so yeah. well. Nah, he, I, this listen, conversation, listen, this interview was going listen, so well until he then. Only had, he only had two albums. No disrespect to Big. Big was a legend. Big, Nate, you could play like, those two albums right listen, now. It's better than 80% of the that's things that's out here. Yo, that's Nate trying to get his chain snapped. <laughs> and, hey, and Biggie was the best storyteller all time. I'm just saying, like, body of work. Like, I'm all about body of work. It's basically the argument, who's better, Randy Moss or Calvin? I can't have that argument anymore with Calvin because Calvin played nine years. Randy got the longevity, but we'll get into that another time. But let's say out right now, uh, Jay-Z, is, he has reclaimed the spot. He took a break, and he was sitting back. He was letting everybody cook. But then he, he really taught everybody how to get busy in the kitchen. Like, his ingredients are different. Kendrick Lamar is in that conversation Drake, he's, he keeps bringing heat, everything he drops. And I feel like Drake's album are like a new pair of Jordans after like number 13. Remember when Jordan started dropping in ones you weren't familiar with? Yeah. Like, you know what? I, I, really, I don't really rock with those. They started to get too futuristic, like, and you're like, right, I don't know right. about these. But then after seeing them in person or after seeing somebody wear them or after them being out for a year, you're like, yo, those are lightweight classics. Exactly. Like, that's Drake's album. Yeah. It's, it's like the analogy. older pair of Jordans after like 13 or 14. Um, and then J. Cole, of course. Okay. But, you know, I feel like there's a, a couple of kings that we're really not embracing, and it's fitting because they just dropped a joint album. Fabulous. Yeah, the, yeah. I was, gonna, I was gonna get there. Oh, I he, was gonna he, get there. He lit up just now. I was gonna get there, right now. I was gonna get there. Those are my guys, man. Fab, Fab might be, Fab might be one of the most underrated rappers of all time. And think about it, like people know how lyrically, lyrically inclined he is, but I don't think people give him enough credit. And you know, talk about regional this and Prince that and King this. Fab Low Key. He might be the king of rap and because he's when he gets on the he's, track, he's, he's it's over. Isn't, 
there aren't many people that have been as consistent as Fab too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whether it be mixtape right. or whether it be soul tapes or whether it be OG projects, he's been consistent, man. Whether you like the yeah. fact that they're all everything is a mixtape or whatever, whatever, it's still yeah. bars and it's still very, very much relevant in the time and space that we're in right now. Yeah, and speaking of them soul tapes, I remember when Kendrick came out and was like, I'm the king of New York, and everybody was tripping, and I'm a West Coast kid. I'm like, yo, Kendrick, you bugging right now. <laughs> and Fab on, on the soul tape mixtape hit him with the get back. And if you're not familiar with the get back, it might be the most low-key like hip-hop response to anything. 100%. It wasn't a beef, and it wasn't a battle, but he really went at Kendrick. The boy had the sounds of L.A. airplanes in the background. He had his sound. Mm -hmm. And like that right there is, is old-school hip-hop. Like Fab was like, you said what? Okay, let me hop in the studio. And that's what we miss. Like we want Crabtree and Akeem Tlaib in hip-hop. Cats is too nice. Exactly. Yo, Nate, man, we appreciate you being on the show. You gave us a lot of gems today. Hey, if he's in NY, we got to get him up to the studio. We got to get him up to okay. the studio. Oh, and, yeah. And Anytime. I'll he'll... do it today, but, you know, I want to make sure I call it in. But next time, let's plan it. I'll come up there, man. We kick back, relax. I saw, yeah, we chill. you know, y'all had the food in there one day. Yeah. Then, like, well, you know, we got the, we chilling. Let's kick back, get some drinks, and really dive in. All that. That's what we do, man. We come up here and just chill, relax, and just have a conversation. So you always, you, you're a friend of the show, friend of the family. Uh, you definitely can come up here whenever you want, man. Already, bro. All right, Nate, congrats on NFL today again and all your success. And uh, we'll see you again very, very soon. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. All right, peace, peace. Nate. And the catch is made by Cruz who breaks free. One man to beat. Victor Cruz down the sideline. Tied an NFL record. 99 yards from Manning to Cruz. Yo, shout out to Nate Burleson for calling up, man. He's always been a top-notch great dude, man. And he's it's funny because I knew he was from Seattle, so I had to ask him, you know, that Seattle question about the it's NBA a great dudes. Question. Great question. I don't know if you realize this, Vic. It's the, we just accomplished a first in the history of the Victor Cruz show. Talk to me. What we do? First show we ever have three elite wide receivers on at once. I'm it's funny, Pete, because I'm searching high and low for the third yeah, wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, I'll just spell it out for you. It's and you, uh -huh. no particular order. I no don't want to make okay. anyone feel out of place. You, Nate, and me. And your third, are you insinuating that you're a premier no, at elite, wide receiver? Elite's elite. the word I used. Elite, three elite wide receivers. We actually shared the same number. I think I've shared this with you before. I was number 80. I believe you were 10 years old in that photo. <laughs> Listen, semantics. Um... <laughs> What I will say is we had very similar games, you and I. I can't do this. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it off. Were you a tight end? Three. Three. Were you? Wide out. I was wide out. Wide out. Did you play defense too? Or? No, 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 no. I was too valuable on offense. <laughs> I got to go. And I didn't like the tackle. Guys, thank you for watching the Victor Cruz Show. We appreciate y'all, man. Uh, and we'll be back soon. Holla. Peace. Peace.